All right, how's everybody doing today? Hey, I'm so glad you're here for week two of our Christmas series called Gifts. Uh, this week we're going to talk about the gift of help. Now, everybody loves gifts, right? Anybody in the room love getting gifts on Christmas? Now, we all love getting gifts, but not as many of us like receiving help, do we? Because we don't like admitting that we need it. I don't know if you're like me. I don't like admitting I need help. Somebody comes up to me and says, hey, Greg, I want to help you with something. You know what my answer is most of the time? No, no, I got this. Right? I got this. You ever said that? I got this. It's kind of a common phrase that we hear a lot of time. Now, now ladies in the room, anytime that you hear your, your man in your life say, I got this, you should worry. I have had some really interesting situations in my life with this I got this attitude. And I want to share one of them to you. Now, the, the one I'm going to share with you, it involves a flight of stairs and a fish tank. This, you're going to like this, trust me. <laughs> uh, now, I hate pets. I just got to be, just start off right off the bat. I hate pets. I hate dogs. I hate cats. I hate gerbils. I even hate pet fish. Now, I got my reasons for hating all these pets, but with the pet fish, you're going to understand in a minute why I hate pet fish. My daughter, Brooke, loves pets, my oldest daughter. She loves animals of every kind. She's convinced me to have every different kind of pet. I hate pets. She's convinced me to get every kind of pet, which shows you what a pushover I am as a father. But one time, she convinced me to buy her a fish tank. And not just any fish tank, one of these, you know, 20-gallon fish tanks with all these fish in it, all these colorful fish you got to feed. And the biggest problem with this fish tank is these fish pooped a lot. And the water gets dirty, right? And you've got to clean out the fish tank. Now, the biggest problem with the fish tank was it was in our basement. We kept it downstairs because that's where Brooke would play. And I didn't want a fish tank in the main area of the house. So we put the fish tank in the basement. But here was the problem with the fish tank. You had to clean the thing and there was no sink in the basement. So you got a 20-gallon fish tank and you got to clean the water. And you got no sink in the basement. So what are you going to do? You got to get a bucket of some kind. You got to dump the water out of the thing. You got to clean it out, carry it upstairs. It took, took forever. I finally decided one day that just takes too long. I'm just going to carry the fish tank up the stairs. Just so I, I, I said, I got this, no problem. Now, do you know how much a 20 gallon fish tank weighs? Do you know how much a gallon of water weighs? Eight pounds. Each gallon weighs eight pounds. This means this fish tank weighed about 150 pounds. Now, I thought to myself, as you would think if you saw me, you would think, he's a big, strong man. He's got long arms. No problem for him. He's got this. That's what I said to myself. I got this. No problem. I could pick the thing up. I'm stronger than I look. Trust me. I pick the thing up. I could carry it. I get up the stairs. I get about halfway up the stairs. It was really heavy. I got halfway up the stairs, and my, my arms are just giving out on me, and I'm thinking, oh, no. Oh, this is not going to happen. I dropped the fish tank. Dropped the fish tank. The fish tank was filled with dirty, nasty, poopy fish water, and it still had the fish in it. Don't ask me why I didn't take the fish out of the fish tank before trying to carry it up the stairs. I dropped the fish tank. It shattered. Fish tank shattered into 50,000 pieces. Dirty, nasty fish water everywhere. Fish poop everywhere. Fish everywhere. Flopping around like crazy, all these fish. It was horrible. It took me forever to clean it up. I mean, just forever. And, and I'm telling you, these fish, picking up these fish, my, my basement smelled like dead fish for two months. And that's when I realized the reason it smelled like dead fish is there were a couple of them I forgot to pick up. 
and they were under the stair rotting. So yeah, I got this. Uh, my I got this attitude. Now, now, do you understand why I hate fish? This is why I hate fish. And you might think to yourself, no, I don't understand why you hate fish. It wasn't the fish's fault. You were the idiot that tried to carry a 150-pound fish tank up the stairs. It's your fault. Why are you blaming the fish? Because I got no other option, okay? Either hate the fish or I hate myself. And I ain't going to hate myself, so I decided to hate the fish instead. But this is what happens sometimes, right? My I got this attitude, it just ended in disaster. And this is the problem sometimes with I got this. Because this happens way too often, right? Sometimes we don't have what it takes. Sometimes we don't have it. We don't have what it takes to handle it. We, we think we can handle everything life throws at us, right? We don't need help, we think. I got this. I don't need you. I don't need your help. I don't need your time. I don't need your money. I don't need your friendship. I got this. Now, I realize there are some people that walk around with their hand out, right? You know those people, but that's not most of us. Most of us, someone offers help, we no, 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 I'm good. I got this. Now, like I said, this is week two of our Christmas series that we're calling Gifts. And what we're going after in this series, the whole idea behind the series is that we have a heavenly father who is outrageous, over the top, and lavishly generous with his gifts. We have a heavenly father that wants to give to us, and he wants to help us. That's the whole premise behind this series. Now, last week, Pastor Jeremy introduced us to one of the most important words in the entire Bible. If you remember, he introduced us to this word, grace. Remember this? Last week? And we found that the word grace is the root behind the word gift. They're related to one another. The word grace and the word gift come from the same root in the Greek language. And we saw that all of God's gifts to us are gifts of his grace. And that by definition, grace is something you can't deserve. Right? It's something you can't earn. It's a free gift that someone gives because they're generous. They're merciful. They're helpful. They're kind. And this is how God is toward us. Right, Every minute of every day, God is full of grace. Anybody know this to be true about God? That God is full of grace toward us. But there, there's another thing in this idea of the word grace, another essential element that makes up this idea. Yes, it's free. Yes, it's undeserved. But there's something else about grace that's essential to it. Grace is when God does something for you that you could never do on your own. This is what grace is. It's the experience of God doing something for you you couldn't possibly do for yourself. And when we have this I got this attitude in life, we push God's grace away. Grace requires us to to feel we can't do this. We don't got this. You can never receive grace until you admit I don't got this. And the minute you say I got this, you push God's grace away. And I'm guessing there's a whole bunch of us in this room today that this is what we're doing in our lives. We've got this, I got this attitude. Maybe you're trying to fix a broken marriage on your own. Some other relationship in your life. You think, I got this. You're working really hard trying to fix it on your own. Maybe you're trying to fix your finances on your own, trying to manage your health issues on your own. Maybe you're trying to overcome some sinful habit or addiction on your own. There's something in your life that over and over and over again, you just fall into it, you just can't seem to overcome it. Some habit, some addiction And it's got a grip on you and you think, well, but I got this. And you don't want to reach out for help. Maybe you're trying to make a major decision in your life right now. There's something going on and you're trying to decide which way to go, what to do. 
You're trying to do it on your own. You have this, I got this attitude. But what you really need is grace. You need the grace of God to do something for you that you can't possibly do for yourself. And our biggest problem in life, my biggest problem in life, but this is true of all of us, our biggest problem in life is that we don't feel helpless. This is what holds so many of us back. We think we got this. We don't feel helpless. We don't think we need grace. This goes all the way back to Adam and Eve. This is the problem with humanity as it relates to God is that we have this attitude that we can do it on our own. It goes all the way back to Adam and Eve. We think we can go our own way, live our own way, depend on ourselves and everything will be fine, but you and I both know many times it won't be fine. Many times we don't got this. It often ends in disaster, doesn't it? And you've lived this. I've lived this. Relationships end in disaster. Marriages end in disaster. Finances, health, habits in our life, addictions, they end in disaster. And more than all of that, worst of all, our souls end in disaster. It will not end well for us if this is our attitude in life. Our souls end in disaster when we try to live life on our own. The minute we depend on anyone, the minute we depend on ourselves or anybody else other than God, we lose our way. We become lost. But the good news is God doesn't want to leave us this way. (laughs) He wants to bring us back to his grace. He wants us to learn how to live in right relationship with him again. But we have to come to grips with the fact that receiving the grace of God, and so please hear this, receiving the grace of God begins with feeling helpless. You can never receive his grace any other way. And this is what God wants for us. Here's the first major thought that I want you to grab a hold of today. God wants us to feel helpless because we are. Now, track with me here because I know this sounds almost insulting to some people, right? That God wants us to feel helpless. What kind of a God would want someone to feel helpless? And we don't like this when we first hear it, right? But the fact is that God created us to be totally dependent on him. This is just the way things are. Now look, I want to drive this home to us. I want to walk you through a little bit. I want to show you what the scriptures teach about you and me and our relationship with God. And I want us to see that from the very beginning, God created us in such a way, and you know this is true if you really stop and think about it. God created us in such a way that we can't last two minutes without him. You know it's true. If he doesn't give us air to breathe, we will suffocate. If he doesn't give us food to eat, we will starve. If he doesn't give us water to drink, we'll die of thirst. In our relationship with God, we are always dependent on him. He's never dependent on us. Look look at this from Acts chapter 17, verse 25. Just come to grips with this world in which we live and how things really are. Regardless of how you feel and how independent and self-sufficient, how much you think, I got this. Listen to what the scriptures say, Acts 17, 25. It says, the God who made the world and everything in it is not served by human hands as if he needed anything. Now pause for a minute. God doesn't need anything from you. Stop trying to impress him. Stop trying to earn something from him. Stop stop trying to be good enough. He doesn't need anything from you. He's the maker of heaven and earth. He is not served by human hands as if he needed anything. Rather, he himself gives everyone life and breath and everything else. 
life and breath and everything else, our whole relationship with God is based on him being the giver and us being the helpless beneficiaries of his grace. There is not a single good thing in your life. You can think about a lot of good things in your life probably right now if you just take a moment. There's not a single good thing in your life that is not a gift of God's grace. Free and undeserved. Nothing you could possibly do to earn it. Just a gift. And some of us in this room have a hard time with this, right? We don't want to admit we're helpless. And we definitely don't feel helpless. There are some of us in this room, you're pretty proud of what you've accomplished in life. Right? You've worked hard. Nobody's handed you anything in life. You went to school, you study, you got good grades, you got a good job, you stay in good shape, you exercise, you eat healthy, you spend a bunch of money at Whole Foods. Like, you got it, right? You got this. Live in a nice house because you earned it. Your health is good because you take care of yourself. You have good relationships in life because you're a good person. And even if you don't feel good enough, there's a lot of us in this room, I just read that off, and you're like, I don't feel that way at all. I don't feel like I've accomplished much of anything in life. I don't feel good enough at all. And, but, but the fact is, whether you feel good enough or don't feel good enough, the fact is, you're trying to be good enough. You're trying to measure up, and you're trying to do it on your own far too often. And here's what God says, <laughs> breaks into all of this, and he says this in James 1.17. He says, every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father. Listen, your ability to work hard and accomplish anything is a gift from God. Your ability to walk, your ability to think, your ability to talk, everything about you is, is a gift from God. The people and possessions you enjoy are all gifts from God. And you could never possibly earn or deserve any of them. And if you still need some convincing, I just want to show you what God says about your accomplishments in life. This is God himself speaking in Deuteronomy chapter 8. It says this, you may say to yourself, my power and the strength of my hands have produced this wealth for me. I did this. I recently saw somebody win an award at some show. I saw, maybe I just saw a replay of it or something. They won an award at some show and they stood before everybody. They said, I just wanted, the first thing I want to say is, Jesus had nothing to do with this. Remember how some people stand up and say, I want to thank God for this or that. Well, this person stood up and said, I just want to make clear to everybody, Jesus had nothing to do with this. You may say to yourself, my power and the strength of my hands have produced this wealth for me. But remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the ability to produce wealth. Isn't that true? The, the, the truth is that you and I are always the helpless beneficiaries of God's grace. Always. Now, I want you to take a minute and just think about the plans that you have for the rest of the day today. Or, or I know it's going to be late maybe for some of you when you get out of church today. So think about the plans that you have tomorrow. Just think about what you got planned. Now, for me, tomorrow's my family Christmas party on my dad's side. I love seeing my dad's side of the family. My dad passed away a number of years ago, and, and our family Christmas party on my dad's side is one of my favorite times of the whole year. I look forward to it all year. But do you realize that this is tomorrow, and I have this planned in my life, but do you realize the only way that I'm going to go to that party is if God keeps me alive? and allows me to go. <laughs> there are 10 million things that could go wrong that would prevent me from going to that party tomorrow. Listen to what it says. Listen to this. 
James chapter 4. Now listen, you who say, today or tomorrow we will go to this or that city. Spend a year there, carry on business, make money, whatever. Pick your, pick your plan, right? Why, you do not even know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if it is the Lord's will, we will live. And do this or do that. (laughs) This is how life really is. If the Lord wills, we will do this. This is how dependent we are on God. But we don't feel it, do we? We don't feel this. We got our plans tomorrow. We take them for granted. We think we got this. You have no idea what tomorrow will bring. Listen, the greatest danger in the whole universe is to not feel helpless without God. That's the greatest danger. When we think we can do it on our own, when we think we can earn it or be good enough, listen to this, when we think this, when we think I got this, it cuts us off from the grace of God. There is no scarier place to be. One of the lead characters in the Christian Bible is this guy named the Apostle Paul. A lot of you have heard of him. Maybe some of you haven't. But Paul was a guy who started churches all over the world. And one of the churches he started was in this little city called Galatia. And and, and in his little letter that he wrote, Paul wrote a letter one time to the Galatians to address this I got this attitude. He saw it in the Galatians. He saw it in himself. He sees it really in everybody. But he saw it in Galatia and he decided he was going to write a little letter to address this for them. They had this tendency, he saw it in them, to try to earn God's love, to try to be good enough. The tendency to say, I got this, when it came to their relationship with God. And and so what they thought is that if they kept the Old Testament law to be circumcised, now all I gotta say about circumcision is ouch. But they thought, they thought if they kept the Old Testament law to be circumcised, that somehow they would be acceptable to God, that somehow they would be good enough, that it would impress God. And somehow they would deserve God's goodness in their life. And, and Paul sees this in them, this, this thinking that somehow I can do something to impress God and, and deserve and be, be good enough for him. And he sees this and he's greatly alarmed by it. I mean, he gets to the point where he thinks this attitude is going to be a complete disaster for their souls. And we need to hear this. There are some of you in this room that you've been trying to measure up. You think you got to do something to be good enough, to, to, to earn God's favor. And you, you really do think this, and you, you live your life this way. This is a dangerous thought. This is the opposite of everything God wants for you. And there's so many of us that need to hear this in the room today. Listen to what Paul says about this attitude. He says, mark my words. I, Paul, tell you that if you let yourselves be circumcised, if you think that you can, you can be good enough, if you think I got this, Christ will be of no value to you at all. You who are trying to be justified by the law have been alienated from Christ. You have fallen away from the grace of God. Do you feel the force of this? When we think we got this, we fall away from God's grace and we are alienated from Christ. Listen, our whole relationship with God depends on getting this right. A right relationship with God. When we don't feel helpless, we push God away. And this is why the best thing God could ever do for us, the best thing God could ever do for you, the best thing he could ever do for me is bring us to the place where we feel 
helpless. It's the best thing he could ever do for you. Now, Paul was speaking from experience when he, when he was talking about this whole idea because Paul had some struggles with this in his own life. There were times where Paul felt like this, where he felt better than other people. Somehow he'd measured up, that he'd done more, that he was special in some way compared to other people. Tempted to feel good about himself because God chose him to be his apostle, to spread the gospel around the world. God showed him things that he didn't show anybody else. And Paul's tempted to think pretty good about himself because of this. And I want you to see what God did for him. The minute Paul started to feel this way, I want you to see what God did for Paul. How God helped him to be in a right relationship with him. The only right relationship with God is one where we feel helpless and we depend on God for his grace. Paul says this. He says, in order to keep me from becoming conceited. Any conceited people in the room? (laughs) Any conceited jerks in the room? You know who you are. Or if you don't know, the person next to you knows who you are. (laughs) Right? Paul says, in order to keep me from becoming conceited, I was given, this is a gift. Think of this. I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment me. This is a gift. You want this gift? Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. For my power is made perfect in weakness. Paul responds, therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Isn't that strange? This is what God did for Paul. This is God's gift to Paul. He brought Paul to the place where he realized he was weak and helpless, and he will also do this for you. God wants you to feel helpless because you are. He wants you to feel it. And he will take you there. And for some of you in this room, he's doing this right now in your life. There are some of us in this room where you feel helpless in your marriage. Things are falling apart and you feel like you can't do anything to fix it. Some of you feel helpless in your finances, helpless to overcome your addiction or your habits in life. Some of you, like I've talked about, are completely confused about a major decision. You feel helpless toward it. You don't think you can figure it out. And God looks at you and he says this. He says, my grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in weakness. When you feel helpless, you are exactly where God wants you. God wants us to feel helpless because we are. But once he has us there, second major point I want you to hear, God wants to help us because that's who he is. Amen? God wants to help us. Look, we got to get this. God wants to help us. This is why he made, God made us to help us. 
He wants to forgive us, save us, heal us, provide for us. He wants to give us his power at the point of our weakness. And and what I want to do here for a minute is I want to show you one of the most awesome passages of Scripture in the entire Bible. And I want you just to come to grips with who God is and what he wants to do for you. Listen to this. Just let this land on you. Soak this in for a moment. Because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ, even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus in order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God. Not by works, so that no one can boast. For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. And so, when you look at this, what do you see here? Number one, you see God loves us. Listen, God is for you. He wants only good for you. God wants to save you. He's for you and not against you. It says that God is rich in mercy. God wants to forgive your sins. He does not want to treat you like your sins deserve. It's saying he wants to save you by grace. He doesn't expect you to earn his love or deserve his love. He expects and even wants you to come to him like a helpless little child and receive his help. He wants to show you grace forever and ever. This this relationship with God This idea of you being the helpless one who comes to him for help or he's the giver and he expects nothing in return, this is gonna be your relationship with God forever. This is even how it is in heaven where God is just lavishing on you his grace, his generosity, his love, his kindness forever. It says our dependence on God's grace and help will never change. Incomparable riches of his grace forever and ever. And so you think about the impact of this on your life. If this is true, if there's a God who loves you, a God who is merciful, a God who loves to forgive, a God who gives grace, and who wants to give you grace forever, always free, always undeserved, never expecting anything in return, if this is how he really is, what is the impact of this on your life? Verse 10 says, The impact of this on your life is it will change your life. God's grace wants to change you. God, when when you come to grace with you, you come to God and you receive his grace, his grace moves into your life and it changes you. Pastor Jay talked last week about how grace gives us a new identity. But that's not all it does. Grace gives the, the power to that new identity. It helps you to live out that new identity in your life. Grace is not just the pardon for sin. Grace is the power to live a brand new life. God wants us, listen, God wants, yeah, you can clap for that. You should clap for that. God wants us to feel helpless because we are. And God wants to help us because that's who he is. And so what should we do? And this is gonna be very profound. Take the help. Listen, this is really it with God. Take the help. Come to him for help. Come helpless and take the help. 
This is what God wants. This is where the rubber meets the road in real life. Look, it's one thing to sit in here and listen to a message like this about God's grace. Well, God wants to help you. It's another thing to actually take the help. I even said, many of you in this room, everything I've said today, you, you know already. Some of you, this is brand new to you. This is blowing your mind. Some of you, you already know this about God. It's one thing to know it. Whole nother thing to take the help, isn't it? Whole nother thing when God says, hey, 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 I want to help you. And not to put your hands up and say, oh, no, no, I got this. You want to do that to God? We got to take the help. So how do you do this? Well, I want you to look back at verse 8 of chapter 2 again of Ephesians. Just listen to this again. It says, it is by grace you've been saved through faith. Here's the key. It gets better and better with every sentence, I feel. Grace comes through faith. That's it. Faith is the channel through which grace flows. Faith is the only way to take the help. Just like grace is the only thing consistent with who God is, right? God is self-sufficient. He overflows with generosity and love. Grace is the only thing that's consistent with who God is. Faith is the only thing consistent with grace. Because you want to know what faith is? Faith is helpless. Faith is helpless and trusts that God will help. This is the only thing required. Now listen, faith always trusts that God will help. It knows it's helpless and it trusts that God will help. And the reason it knows God will help is because Jesus came to earth and died on a cross for us. God demonstrated, has proven this. He put on display for the whole world, this is how I am. God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him will never perish but have eternal life, will live forever in the grace of God. This is what Jesus means. This is what Christmas means. Christmas means there is a God like this. Take the help. So how do you do this? How do you come to God through Jesus to take the help? How do you receive grace through faith. And so here's what I want to do as we just kind of move toward the close of this. I want us right now to begin the process of taking the help. Right here in the room, right now. So I'm going to ask you to do something a little bit different. Some of you, it's going to make you uncomfortable. Some of you, especially if you're a visitor around here, I just want to apologize in advance. I'm not trying to make you feel uncomfortable. But but here's what I want to ask. I just want to ask you to, to join me in a time of prayer. I want to lead us through a bit of an experience in prayer. And I want to walk you through a bit of a, a, a process that I've learned in my own life for taking the help. This is something I do in my own life almost every day. Definitely every time before I walk on a stage like this to speak, I, I get with God and I go through this. And I want to lead you through it. And, and if it's helpful to you, I, I hope you'll, you'll make it a habit in your life. But would you just do this with me? Just bow your heads for a moment. Close your eyes. Everybody all around the room. By your head, close your eyes. I want to walk you through a, a little five-step process, almost like a ritual that I go through in prayer with God of, of taking his help in whatever area of my life. It's, it's in the form of an acronym. It's easy to remember. It's the acronym APTAT, A-P-T-A-T. You can write this down after we're finished in prayer. I'll put it up on the screen. A-P-T-A-T. So here's where it begins. And I just want to lead you in prayer. And I I pray that God will reveal himself to you during these moments. 
Now look, if you're, if you're not yet a Christian and you're not comfortable praying, then just close your eyes and listen. My, my prayer is that God will definitely reveal himself to you, even to you. So receiving grace from God begins with the A, an aptat, and here's what it is. Admit that you're helpless. Admit that you're helpless. Until you're here, you can't go any further. Until you're at the place where you feel helpless in some area of your life, you're not ready to receive God's grace. You're pushing his grace away. So this is where it starts. So I want you right now, think about the area of your life where you need some help. If you're having marriage or relationship issues, I want to encourage you right now to admit you're helpless to fix them on your own. If you're struggling in some other area of your life, your health, your finances, whatever, admit that you're helpless. Just take a moment between you and God and, and, and do this with him right now. Just admit to him, God, I am helpless. I don't know what to do. I can't do this on my own. The next step is, is P. Pray for God's help. You admit you're helpless, and then you pray for God's help. God wants to be asked. The Bible says you don't have because you don't ask. And so right now, just ask God to help you. Oh, God, help us. In whatever area of life, God, where we need it, help us. We we admit we're helpless. God, please help us. Be specific with him. What do you want his help with? The third step is, is T. Trust a specific promise of God to help you. You admit you're helpless. You pray for his help and then you trust a specific promise. The Bible's filled with promises God has made. Ask him to bring one to mind right now or I've got one to share. In Hebrews 4, it says that Jesus is our great high priest who sympathizes with our weaknesses. Trust him right now that he sympathizes with you. He cares. Trust that promise. Then it says in verse 6 of Hebrews 4, it says this, Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Trust that promise right now that God wants to give you mercy, he wants to give you grace, and he wants to help you. This is a promise from him. Trust that promise right now. So you admit you're helpless. You pray for his help. You trust a promise. Then the fourth step is absolutely key, and it's where most of us kind of fall short. It's the A, and it's that we need to act in faith. You must step out in faith and do whatever God is telling you to do. And so what I want you to do right now is ask God what he wants you to do. God wants to help you, and what he's going to help you, he's going to help you to do something. He's going to give you his power where you feel helpless. Something you feel like you can't do, 
He's going to help you do. Ask him what he wants you to do. Maybe he wants you to say you're sorry to someone. Maybe he wants you to do something kind for someone who's hurting you. Maybe he wants you to make a counseling appointment or ask someone for help or advice. Maybe he wants you to put filters on your phone or your computer and give someone else the password. Maybe he wants you to come to Renew, which is Metro's recovery ministry, and begin the process of recovery. God wants to enable you to live a new life, but you must act. You must hear from him. What does he want you to do? And then you step out and you do it in faith and he will help you. He will help you do things you don't feel like you can do on your own. And then the fifth and final step in aptat. Admit, pray, trust, and act. Then the fifth and final step, the last T, is you thank God for his help. And I promise, this is proven to be true over and over again. If you admit you're helpless, if you pray for God's help, if you trust his promise to help, and if you act in faith, God will help you. He will give you grace. And when he does, be sure to thank him for it. So I want us to begin right now by thanking him in advance for what he's going to do. Thank him for the help that he is going to give. Heavenly Father, we admit that we're helpless. We pray for your help. We trust your promise to help. We want to act in faith, Lord. Meet us there. Give us your power and your strength We thank you for what you're going to do, oh God. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Friends, God wants to help you. (laughs) That's the message today. This is is what a relationship with God is like. This is the only way to have a right relationship with him is is to feel helpless and come to him for help. And God wants to do this for you. And, 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 and what we need to understand is that when God comes to us to help us, when God gives us grace, he's not giving us a thing. He's giving us himself. He is the one who comes and helps you. He gives you his Holy Spirit. Jesus made this promise. The last night that he was on planet Earth, Jesus said this. He said, I will ask the Father and he will give you another helper. To be with you forever, the spirit of truth. When God gives grace, when God gives help, what he gives is his own spirit, his own power, his own strength in your life. So take the help. (laughs) They're going to put up on the screen the acronym. For those of you who want to take a picture or write it down. APTAT. Admit, pray, trust, act and thank I have found this to work in my own life you find something that works for you but just come to God for his help it begins with realizing that you're helpless so my prayer today is that we'll walk out of here and we will live in the grace of God amen amen Amen. hey before you rush out of here There are some of you that you really do need to take another minute here. This was just the beginning for you. There's something else God wants to do in your life right here today. And I've got some friends over here to my left that just want to pray with you. Take advantage of that. Come to God for his help. Learn to live this way. (laughs) 
It's a great way to live. It's the only right way to live, coming to God for his grace. God bless. We'll see you next time.